How's everyone doing this morning? Everyone feeling it? Brilliant. I love our church at the moment. I go away for a week, I come back and there's always loads of new faces. It's fantastic. And I just wanted to, um, to highlight some of the things that we are as a team and as a church just buzzing about at the moment. Uh, because, I don't know about you, but so often, life's busy, uh, we go through the rhythm of Sunday's work, Sunday's work, Sunday's work, we forget to stop and just say, wow, look what's going on. I'm not sure whether you heard through the grapevine or not, but this week we launched our first Alpha course. Uh, and just a massive thank you to all who led. Uh, Vanessa Hosting did a marvellous job, to the lovely chefs. How was the food? Amazing. Uh, this week I've heard a fantastic dessert. I won't tell you what. Come and find out what it is. But even better than, than the eat mess last Tuesday. Just saying. And um, you know, the table decorations, uh, the welcome. Just incredible the way our church came together. I was in a hotel room at the bottom of the country. I've been wor- uh, working away this week. Getting these picture messages coming through thinking, wow, look, it's amazing. Look what God's doing. So if you haven't been a part of the other course yet, don't worry. Last week was just the intro. Come and get fed physically and spiritually on a Tuesday night here at 7 p.m. And uh, journey with us as we work out what life's all about. And uh, I'm excited for that. So come and join us. If you haven't joined us yet, there's definitely more seats for you. Uh, I'm encouraged by our intern teams who's joined us this year. I think most of us have met these guys now. They're people who are just working full-time for church across all areas, whether it's in schools, mingling, cleaning, alpha courses, uh, prayer groups, connect groups, um, planning Christmas. Christmas is just around the corner. Who started shopping? Anyone start? Really? Wow. I was expecting nobody. Um, and, um, and just the interns are wonderful. What else is going on? We've also uh, just got some key appointments happening at the moment. People are going to put some infrastructure around church and vision and uh, information. Information is important, right? Emails, texts, updates, that kind of stuff. Um, also, we've just got loads of mums who come and hang out midweek with us, uh, who bring the kids, pile in, go a bit crazy in the soft play area. Just these moments of the community coming and getting involved. Um, we're planning for Christmas. Last year, we had like standing room only. I think this year, it'll be exactly the same. Let's imagine it as sardines this year, literally shoulder to shoulder, as people flock in and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, so loads to celebrate. And I wanted to share a passage this morning uh, that I really felt was very relevant for us. And you're probably wondering what this is all about. And if you know me, you know that a couple of times a year, I get the table out and we give this picture uh, of the, the local church, of how we come and we partake and we eat, don't we, from uh, this invitation from Jesus to come and, and, and feed and, and feast from the bread of life. And, uh, and really, John 21, I'm not sure whether you read this passage, I think it's an elusive little chapter in the Bible, if, if you'd agree with me. Because we, we read about the, the death and the, the resurrection of Jesus, the crucifixion and the resurrection, but then so often we kind of skim on and think, ah, oh, right, it's a, it's a done deal. But then there's this little golden nugget at the end, and I want us to jump into it this morning. If you're in your hashtags, this is hashtag lads on the lake. And it definitely is. It was, and, it, and I'm sorry, ladies, and usually I know I try and swing it both ways where I'm like, actually, he's the lady. But actually, it was just a bunch of guys at this time on a boat fishing. 
I can't even like, I can't even make things up. It literally was. So it was a bunch of guys, fishing trip, probably thought we'll leave everything behind. Life's a bit stressful, a bit of, you know, just a bit of rex and rela- uh, re- relaxation. Guys, are you with me? Escape the voices and the pressure and the masculinity and just get onto the, onto the sea and we're going to go fishing. Boys, boys, boys. So the disciples uh, thought, right, we've got a lad's day booked in. Forget spa day. We're going to get some greasy fingers going on, catching the fish of our life. So John 21 introduces us to this narrative of lads on the lake. And it says this. After this, uh, there were some words on the screen as well, but we were just struggling uh, on the words, I think. But it says this. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And I know what you're thinking. Where on earth is Tiberias? It's uh, Lake Galilee, you know, where Jesus often did a few of these miracles. Uh, he walked on water. Funky things happened. He just, it was a hot spot for activity. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas also called the twin, uh, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee. Now, what's Cana? What's that famous for? Someone shout it out, just so we're all tracking. The wedding, what, come on, what happened to the wedding? Let's fill, fill the gaps in. The water into wine. You all heard, heard of that one? Uh, amazing. This was water 10 minutes ago. Vincent prayed for it, just saying. Um, miracles still happen. Uh, so, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples came together. Literally, as I said, lads on tour. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. So they said to him, we will go with you. Probably not as as stale as that, but I reckon, lads, fancy a bit of fishing, who's peckish, get onto the lake, you know, kind of like zero wind, perfect temp, top up your tan, um, Jesus is back on the scene. I just imagine the chatter. It wasn't still, was it? I am going fishing. We will come with you. And they all marched like robots to the boat. Probably just like, get on there. Amazing. Last week I caught a 45 pounder. Oh, there's no way you're going to beat me. You know, just this kind of activity going on. Are we all tracking so far? I'm just trying to paint the picture for us. So they said to him, we will go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, guess what? They caught nothing. They caught nothing. Any fisher men or fisher ladies in the house today? Ever been fishing? Maybe just perfect. Can you imagine what fishing is for those who've never been before? <laughs> it's not the, the clearance is sport. Fishing's not a sport, is it? You sit there all day long. It's exactly. But anyway, so they went out. But these were experienced fishermen. Is the point? So they expected to catch fish, you know, and you kind of know, don't you? You know what you know. So if we fish a certain aspect of this lake at a certain point of the day, guess what? Not rocket science, we're going to catch something. But these guys, they caught nothing. Now, if you have ever met a fisherman, fishermen are amazing people. It's like there's this eternal optimism about them. Do you know what I mean about that? It's like someone can fish, and I've done it myself, for like seven hours, and you're there. And you think, oh, I'm getting a bite, I'm getting a bite. You said you fish, right? I'm getting a bite, getting a bite. Nibble, 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 nothing. Oh, it's not my luck today. But then you'll get a phone call if your wife or whatever, or your mate. Have you caught yet? I haven't. But in the next few seconds, I'm feeling really lucky. It's like that kind of sense of anticipation. And uh, so these guys caught nothing. And then the story goes on and it says this. And just as the day was breaking, so really early morning, Jesus stood on the shoreline. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And you think... Were they a bit of a way off? And I've worked it out about 90 metres. Can we see 90 metres away? You can, can't you? I kind of recognise that person and the hair and the way they stand and, you know, their voice. 
But this isn't the first time in the Bible that the disciples didn't recognize Jesus. I don't know the answer. I've looked into it apart from perhaps Jesus was pretending to be someone else. You know, fancy dress or just was acting strange. I don't know what was going on. But they didn't recognize Jesus. So Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered, no. So he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul in all of the fish because of the great quantity of that which they caught. That that disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, now remember, this is in the book of John. Guess who that disciple is? Yeah. And John often writes about himself. In six times, actually, he says, or Jesus' best friend, or the one that Jesus loved the most. I just love this little nugget in this, in this passage where he says, that disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore, like just totally bragging about himself, therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garments, for he was stripped for work. I think he was in his speedos, and he threw himself into the sea. Then the other disciples came to the shore uh, in the boat, dragging the net of full fish, for they were not far from land, about 90 meters or so. So we're kind of introduced to this story. Do we, have we all got a, like a picture of what's kind of gone on there? Imagine yourself, all these fish, these nets, totally buzzing, but didn't recognize it was Jesus. There's like quite a few different weird things going on here. And when I was thinking about our church, and I was thinking about the Alpha Course, particularly last week, I was thinking about the build-up to when we, when we put ourselves out there in faith. And I know for some of us, we, some of us are thinking, even myself, well, people sure, you know, like, you know, we're kind of putting some fishing lines out. We've got kids groups, we've got connect groups, we've got Sunday morning church, we've got Alpha, all of these lines really that we're hoping people bite onto and think, yeah, I want to come and check church out or be involved. And actually, I was thinking that it's so easy to think the same is going to happen uh, that the same is going to happen uh, that we've always expected in terms of, you know, I, I know what the outcome is going to be. But actually, when I was thinking about this passage, I was really just surprised and encouraged to fish again. To think, actually, we've got to do it again. We've got to. So this week for, for Alpha, I think we've got to see more people in Alpha course this week than we did last week. What do you think? Because we've got to begin to reimagine and push again and again. And, and literally, I think when we think about that, this is literally after Jesus came back from the dead. So literally, the resurrection power is a real physical example in this story of, look, you've tried it your way and you haven't caught. Do it my way and just see what happens. Such a simple story, isn't it, that we forget about these nuggets. A simple instruction from Jesus Christ. I was, always, uh, I was also reminded as well uh, how in the story of, of, of Cana in the water to wine, how uh, that was Jesus' recorded uh, first miracle. And there's a little nugget in there where, we've shared this before, where his mum says to the servants, because uh, they're saying, look, Jesus, can you, like, can you do a miracle? And he's like, nah. So they kind of go away. Then his mum gets them and says, look, just do what he says. So she's totally expecting something to happen. And I'm reminded in this story about, you know, when, they, when he says do something, they're like, okay, we'll try the nets the other way. And there's a real expectation of something going to happen. A simple lad's fishing trip turned into a miracle moment. And that inspires me because I have so many just mundane moments. Do you? The, the, you know, the kids to school, uh, get up. And, you know, sometimes I jump in bed and I'm thinking, 
I was here a few hours ago. Like, where, where's the day just gone? Do you know what I mean? It's just like the rhythm of life that we can't avoid. We have to, you know, we've all got to work. We've all got to eat. We've all got responsibilities. And then you, you suddenly think, is this all there is to life? But then you begin to reimagine, actually, in the moments where Jesus gives us simple instructions and we act on that. I'll give some examples in a few moments. How there's miraculous catches. Give me a show of hands today if you want to see a miraculous catch. I don't mean stinky fish. But I mean just something in your life that you want to just see something amazing happen. Absolutely. And when we begin to reimagine, okay, when I listen to the voice of my Saviour, not even when I do crazy things and go fishing, but when I just believe in the resurrection power and act from that point, my life is radically transformed. And that really excites me. It's said that the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing. Over and over and over again, but expecting a different outcome. Would you all agree with that? That's what the dictionary defines it as. I think faith is doing the same small, mundane, run-of-the-mill tasks and anticipating and expecting a result. Would you agree with that? And I think this story just sums this up for me so beautifully. It was the catch of a lifetime. So this Tuesday, what are you doing? Come and get fed. Come and go on the journey of a lifetime and just sit under that resurrection power for your life and learn all about this guy, Jesus. Let's focus on what resurrection power means for a moment. I thought of a few words this morning. I want to throw them out. And let's, this is a two-way conversation. If you've got some, some better words or if I missed something, just let's go for it. Let's, let's shake the roof. But I was thinking about these words. What do you think? restored a connection which was broken that's what the resurrection means it means forgiven being power washed with a super jet wash for your soul feeling clean and released i think the resurrection power means we're purposed how many people do we know who are living for the weekend baby and then Monday comes like, oh man, all week, just there's nothing to it. Living for the weekend, baby. And then, you, you know, I've got mates like this and you, you'll meet them 10 years on and they're still living for the weekend, baby. And you're like, you're not grown up yet. Like there's more life than just, you know, just boozing. But actually, there's this idea of being purposed. What about being united? Being united with, with Jesus. I think resurrection power means an opportunity for change. I think resurrection power means hope. I love the word hope because I don't know how you're feeling today. You might have been dragged into church feeling like it's been the worst week of your life ever. You might be on cloud nine, some amazing news. Life's gone incredibly well. I don't know where you're at on the spectrum. But I think hope is one of those truths that it doesn't matter what we feel. Hope is a constant, isn't it? That even if I feel rubbish, even if the, the diagnosis or the prognosis is, is terminal, that actually, beyond all circumstances, my hope in Jesus cannot be tarnished. That actually, I'm going to get to live forever. That actually, I'm going to be in his, his hands forever because of the resurrection power. And I think sometimes we lose the, 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 the feeling and the oomph in the word hope. Would you agree with that? It's like, oh yeah, hope's a great word. But actually, it means that we can forever be full of it. What about adopted? Grafted into the family of God. I'm relieved. Are you relieved? Man, that we get to be a part of the bigger picture and our past's forgotten. 
So I want to say, you can fish again. I don't know what the, the, uh, the expected outcomes of your life are, what your hopes are, your futures, your dreams, your craziest, wildest passions. I don't know. I don't know whether you are chained down by past hurts and this is what I've expected and this is all I, I ever get to see. And, and I hit a ceiling and I don't ever go beyond that. But actually, I want to say today that we can really, every part of our lives, guys, we can fish again. Can somebody just say amen? I'm with you, Elijah. I love it. Yes, Jesus. Thanks, Rick. And then verse 9, I love this bit. We're still in, in John 21. It says this, when they, got out, when they got out onto the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with beautiful fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, guys, bring some of the fish that you just caught. So Simon Peter went on board and he hauled the giant net ashore full of large fish, 153 in total. And although there were so many of them, the net was not torn. And then Jesus said to them, come, I love this. And this is exactly the same invitation he gives to you today. Whether this is your thousandth time in church or your first. He says to you today, come and have breakfast. Come and have brunch around the table today. I want to invite you, come, come and fish. Come and enjoy the catch. Come and take and partake in my resurrection power for you today. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? I love this. These guys are still confused. They knew that it was the Lord. So Jesus, he took the bread and he gave it to them and, and just so with the fish as well. And that was the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was resurrected. But there was still confusion about who he was. Crazy. So today Jesus invites all of us to come and partake in this table. Now for us we call this communion. And if you're not a churchgoer, communion is, is just, it's, it's not a, a religious act, but really it's a, an act of a relationship where we think, Jesus, this is my moment to remember who you are, what you've done for me, and just what that means for my world. And Jesus invites us freely. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, what you've said, the things you haven't said that you've just thought, but invites all of us to come clean and power washed to the table today, to be adopted into his family. Let's think about that for a moment. I know for those of us who've been in this a long time, it's just another Sunday. But what does that mean for you today? What does that mean for your family? For your anxiety, for your pending work week, to come and sit around the table with your Saviour, who breaks bread. Who pours out his life so that we get to stand and walk into life. What are the dreams for your life? Where do you want to go? What do you want to see? Let us in this moment 
bring all that we are, our dreams, our anxieties, our successes, our failures, and say, Jesus, from this moment, I surrender it all to you. Knowing that as I surrender my life to you, there's power. Power for every part of my life. And Lord, just as we wait, as you move about this church, Jesus, we ask that you would, again, work miracles. In this place right now, in Thornaby, on this Sunday, that there'd be sight in this church today, that people would see you for the first time. That people would hear you. And that Jesus, we'd know your presence is so close. So in a moment, I want to ask all of us, invite anyone who wants to to come and partake in the bread and the juice, remembering what Jesus has done for us and what that means for us. But before I go on, I want to just, I want to invite anyone who hasn't accepted Jesus into their life as their Lord and Savior to do so right now. To say that from this moment, I want to have a power-filled life. I've tried it my own way. I've tried to fish my own way. I've tried it, my clever schemes, my ideas, I've tried. But actually, Jesus is asking me to do it his way. To put the nets on the other side of the boat and watch what he'll do with your life. And just in a moment of surrender, really, as eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if that's you, I'd love you to raise a hand just so we can celebrate and pray with you as you invite Jesus into your heart. So if that's you and you want Jesus to come into your life, you want to live in that resurrection power. Would you raise your hand now? Come on. Incredible. Great. Great. And Jesus, you see the hands. And Lord, we ask that you would lead us from this point. That you be in every part of our lives. And that Jesus was sorry when we tried to do it ourselves. And we prayed, forgive us. And in this moment, I am yours and you are mine.